The late to the party crew have gathered in a galaxy far, far away to watch the 20 essential episodes of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Join us on our spoiler-filled journey over the next 10 hours of the much-beloved television series. Hello everyone and welcome back to our Late to the Party rewatch of the essential 20 episodes as released by Disney Plus of Star Wars The Clone Wars. In this week's episode, we're reviewing the next four episodes that we talked about. I'm James and I'm joined here by Matt. Hey Matt. Hello. Hello. Uh... Yeah, I'm I'm still enjoying this experiment. Uh, we're talking about four episodes today, and we're going to start off with um, Arc Troopers. So, yes, to go into it a little bit, um, Arc Troopers is the attack on Kamino by Grievous and the rest of the Separatists. I think it's also the first time we meet uh, Ventress. Is her name the? I mean, she was appeared in the first episode as kind of like the overall bad guy but she really oh, didn't right. much of anything except like well she was like pretty ineffectual to say the least in the first episode she was very much a cartoon villain right. in her first appearance but like now in um moving forward since then it looks like they've kind of made her more um central to the show uh, and not and a bit more like a dangerous kind of a person instead of just like a goof goofy villain that gets dunked on every episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean she was uh, you know badass in this. I was very impressed and I liked her confrontation with Anakin, which was really cool. Um, but as much as obviously the duel and the, and the Jedi uh, clashing, I think this episode was, uh, again, it's an episode that focuses on the troopers, right? I think it's really interesting to see, like, just kind of see, like, clone culture in a sense. Definitely. Uh, just seeing, like, how they're, they are soldiers, but, like, they're also brothers, but they're also kind of the same person, yet they all have, like, their unique personalities. Um, I thought it was really cool how they were close to everyone, even the one uh, trooper 99? 99, yeah, who was, I guess, uh, I'm guessing was like a, a clone failure in a sense. Like he was kind of like, a, um, he wasn't like fit to for combat, but he was able to help people and all the other clone troopers um, greatly respected him and uh, really thought he was one and like not like a patronizing way they they thought he was very as much as as a soldier as they were which i thought was very touching no that was great well and i think also one of the really interesting aspects of 99 is that you know he felt just as much of a soldier as everyone else um and the, the episode takes a lot of time to show us clones you know, from young cadets to the troopers that we know, obviously Rex and Cody, um, you know, and 99 to give us this kind of, you know, broad scope of, as you said, clone culture, which I think is a really, really neat way of putting it. Um, you know, and obviously it's important to, you know, we, we think about, you know, what 
kind of keeps these clones going. And it's interesting to see that they think of Camino as their home. Um, yeah. Even though obviously like it could theoretically be a, a, a bad place for them, you know, depending on which way you want to look at it. So it's neat that they do think of it with this kind of respect and this reverence. And that's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to see like the, how uh, the kind of like loyalty they show to Kamido, where like you you like like you said, it could be thought of as like a a kind of a bad place. It's like a place where they were literally bred for combat to be thrown into a war, but they do consider themselves like a, a home uh, with their family. Um, so it was it's a it's it's a very interesting take and like a very humanizing look um at the clones which i think is very was very needed in star wars like beyond just like the movies where they just kind of appeared and that was it <laughs> um this episode is a really interesting fact um when you, you uh, go back to ventress for a second when um, Ventress kills Clot, they cut the scene in the original Cartoon Network airing um, because the combination of him getting impaled and the kiss was a little bit too much, um, which was, a, it, for me, I found a really interesting and defining scene because it kind of shows that she's, that she's a little out there, uh, definitely and very sadistic twisted. and twisted. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, which is something I didn't get when we first met her, you know, I guess only a few episodes ago for us, but, you know, seasons ago in yeah. the timeline of things. So I thought that that was interesting. And I liked her and Anakin's interplay. Um, and, and I like Grievous. He's an interesting character as well, although we don't get to do too much with him in this. Mm. Um, did you have any other big thoughts on this episode? Like I said, I really liked what you said about clone culture. I think that's really cool oh you know what i'll mention i really liked their whole attack with the aquadroids thing and that yeah. they were like octopuses that was cool <laughs> yeah squids. it was almost like yeah it was almost kind of like kaiju-esque how they would just like attach to the to the um the kamido buildings and like they like all like the that was just how they breached the defenses i thought that was very uh neat to see it was really um, cool and really smart. That was very smart. clever, yeah. And I like that Obi-Wan figured it out, where he's like, this is too easy, you know? He's like, something seems off here. Yeah. All right. Let's move on, then, to talk about... Um, and we can talk about these two as, like, a group. So, yes. Brothers and Revenge. And uh, this is the something that Clone Wars has become famous for. The return of Darth Maul. Yes. This was... I feel like these two episodes were picked um, for kind of two reasons. I mean, obviously, the return of Darth Maul is very important. And the introduction of uh, Sava Opress, which is the most... George Lucas Star Wars name <laughs> in the history of Star Wars. And so, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like, it's kind of like, it's extremely cheesy, but it's very much 
in the Lucas wheelhouse on like naming conventions. And it was like, you know what? Let's go. Let's let's do it. Let's go all in. So imagine. Um, sure. Why not? <laughs> imagine they're having the meeting. And they're like, well, we don't have a name for this character yet. Well, he's, you know, he's very savage, but he's been oppressed for many years. That's it. <laughs> savage oppressed. And it's like, well, that's a little too on the nose. You're right. You're right. Oppress. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Uh, these episodes, these episodes are a little tough. I think, as you said, we know why they picked them, right? The yes. idea of Darth Maul coming back is incredibly important to the series, um, and has long-lasting effects in all of the Clone Wars, in um, you know, in uh, Rebels, and heck, even in Solo. Um, yep. so obviously watching these episodes is important. I feel as if I probably enjoy the stuff that these episodes set up the potential of these episodes more than the actual episodes. It's not that they're bad. It's just that, you know, we kind of end with, well, I'll be a long-term villain, you know, with Darth Maul. And I'm kind of like, well, yeah, I want to see that, which is great. (laughs) But unfortunately in our watch through that, you know, that doesn't leave us with a ton. Yeah. Um, Going back to a bit further, I think another reason why these, I going back, um, going back to what I was talking about earlier about like the second reason I think they show this episode was kind of like almost a bit of a galaxy building. Uh, we learn uh, more about the Night Sister cult oh, in yep. this, uh, which becomes a big factor in other uh, Star Wars pieces of media. A bit of backstory uh, about the Night Sisters. Like the Night Sisters were originally introduced in one of the novels back in the old expanded universe, uh, one of the earliest ones. Like it was the courtship of Princess Leia, where like it was when in the where in the old expanded universe. Han Solo and Leia Organa uh, get married, and they go to, and they all, and they end up at Dathomir, and they went, and they encountered a Night Sisters, which was almost like a less Jedi and more um, mystical. Like they're 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 witches, um, and they're they don't they're very much less monks approach to using the Force, but also kind of like using it as magic. And I've always thought it was really interesting how the new uh, expanded universe um, is really bringing them to the forefront of importance. Like they play play a big part in the Clone Wars. Um, even even more recently, uh, they played a big part in uh, the video game uh, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, which I'll bring up again in a little bit. Um, and you kind of learn, and it was interesting to learn to see how uh, you have this enti- basically entirely female-led uh, society of Force users, um, but there's also the Zabrak, which Savage and uh, Maul, uh, the race they're part of, uh, they're kind of like the male cast of the Night Sisters. And I don't think they like, I don't think like the, I don't believe like the the Zabrak are native to Dathomir, but like they're just they're kind of like almost like a a secondary cult that like worships or like serves the Night Sisters. Um, 
So it yes, I agree. It was an interesting way to set things up. It was cool to see uh, the Night Sisters like kind of like look a bit of insight into them. But uh, yeah, it wasn't. I w- I wouldn't say like they were the most interesting episodes. Although I did really like uh, Ventress and Obi Wan teaming up. I love the that second episode. That was really cool. That there's and, even a couple of things that I liked about the first episode. I actually like um, Snake Guy. What's his name? Yeah. It, uh, Morley? Morley? Morley, I think. Yeah. Uh, actually kind of like him. That was a lot of fun. It, it also felt very George Lucas, right? Like, mm. you know, like the devil on the shoulder, the snake. Um, I like that when we find Maul, he's, you know, he's losing it. Um, you know, I feel a little cheated that we didn't have to work through that a bit more. Um, and that we kind of, you know, we magic it away, for lack of a better term. Um, yep. As you said, I like the involvement of the Night Sisters. I always think of Star Wars as kind of like soft magic, but obviously they represent more of like a hard magic. Like they do yeah. magic, magic. Um, you know, but I think it works here. Um, and then, yeah, like you said in the next episode, Obi Wan and Ventress teaming up is awesome. It's a great fight. Um, it's also really brutal, this episode. You know, we've been saying it a lot here but uh, yeah wow uh, you know yeah. like systematically killing people to lure in the jedi i'm like this was a kid show right right yeah they basically showed an execution like sort of off screen but like you can there's no uh like it's directly off screen it's not just like mentioned elsewhere it's like oh yeah they died like but like no you could like kind of hear it happening in the background and it's like huh that's a that's a bit intense. Um, and also, I guess, in the, oh, another thing I wanted to point out, I think, especially in uh, the, especially the Ventress and Obi-Wan versus the Savage and Maul fight, uh, you could really tell that the animation has improved greatly since the early seasons. Absolutely. Like, like in the first few episodes when you had like a lightsaber fight, it was like very stiff, uh, very janky kind of fighting. But like in this fight, it was much more elaborate, much more smooth looking. Um, it was very, it was closer to like the uh, the fight quality we get in the movies um, than this uh, kind of like awkward animation style that was like in the early episode. So it was neat to see like how much the show has evolved um, if in like these uh, within like what the three seasons, I think this is, or is this the fourth season? No, this is um, season four. Season four. Okay. So, yeah, with like four seasons, you could see like the show like continue to improve, which I think is very fascinating to look to like see the progress of. No, it, it's immense. The animation improvements have been incredible over this time. Um, I think I also like, um, you know, with Ventress and Obi-Wan teaming up, I like that it, that they, they kind of know when to call it, right? They're, I mean, obviously we know that Maul continues to be a long-term villain for Star Wars, but, you know, I feel like both those characters probably could get very, um, you know, big-headed and feel like they need to kind of finish that fight. So by, you know leaving Maul adrift and kind of, 
you know, them escaping it. Um, it just makes more thematic sense, um, which I liked. Yep, I I can see that. I definitely agree. Cool. Uh, yeah. I overall I like these two episodes. I think I can see why we had to watch them as part of these essential twenty. I think. I will enjoy this plotline a bit more when we're actually watching the show. It feels a little abrupt in this yes. two episodes because it's like, hey, here's this guy. He's Dark Maul's brother. Hey, here's Dark Maul. Uh, and then we don't get any conclusion to that. Um, but it's good because I know that it obviously represents a much larger uh, you know, involvement that Maul will have with Star Wars. So for our last episode, we have The Gathering. Um, this is the sixth episode, I believe, in season five. And Ahsoka escorts a group of younglings to... Uh, I think the planet was Luma? What? Ilum. That's not, Ilum. Um, and they get their crystals for their lightsabers. I think this might be my favorite one um, in the, the whole bunch, to be honest. Yeah, this one was a very interesting to watch um i think that the younglings in this episode they'll play a larger part in the ongoing series we'll see uh during the rest of our uh, watch through but i think another uh, reason for this episode again was kind of to expand uh the star wars galaxy um and give more insight into uh, the life of the jedi and the growth of a jedi and also ilum uh plays a very big part of star wars uh, in this new universe uh bringing it back to uh jedi fallen order uh there actually is a level that takes place in ilum and the central puzzle of the level is to actually get the frozen door uh melted down oh that's um, awesome yeah and like it, like since like uh fallen order takes place years and years after the clone wars like the temple like it's literally the same temple they show in this episode uh, but it's broken down and like none of like the the mirrors like used to like guide the light works. So you gotta like run around the level trying to like realign the realign the um mirror so the light melts the door. Classic, so it's really really interesting. To see. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really cool to see um this like kind of like I guess see the origin of that because like it was it's pretty obvious that the game uh took this took that puzzle from uh this episode and like originally when i played it, it was like okay this seems like a i wonder like how they came up with it, it seems like kind of a, a video gamey kind of thing but nope this was actually what happened um what like when it was first introduced and uh even further um this is going to be a bit spoilery uh for Go star for wars uh but uh you notice how Ilum was very cold very um wintry kind of thing mm -hmm. well um it, if you uh pay attention or like if you're deep dive into like the new star wars expanded universe ilum is the planet that will become star killer base in oh. the yeah in episode um seven whoa yeah because like in jedi fall and like in fallen order uh you when you travel to ilum you start seeing like the construction of star killer base uh, occurring on the planet, so kind of implying that the uh, Star Killer was being built during this the Galactic Civil War, like long before uh, the sequel trilogy. 
So that's, that's a very cool connection. That's awesome. So I was going to say I like this episode because of all the great world building it does, but now I feel like it does even more than you just said because it obviously is super important. Um, I also like that we get to know the kids. Like we get their personalities pretty straight up. So we've got like Petro, who's the um, he's like the brash human. Um, Biff was it? Is the um, the Tethulian? Um Gendoa, Zat, uh, Genji, the Wookiee, you know, we get a little bit of kind of who all these Padawans are and their different sort of, um, you know, paths they might take, uh, you know, I feel like there was maybe some foreshadowing there, um, with the way that their stories may turn out. It was, it was really interesting and it was surprisingly an episode that was very, uh, it's very somber. It's not filled with a ton of dialogue, a ton of crazy music. You know, we spend a lot of time with, uh, you know, characters who don't even speak our languages, like the Wookiee. Um, mm. And they're still able to communicate a lot of the feelings and the trials that they're going through while trying to get their crystals. And I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I think it was just a it was a great episode that really focused well on world building. I can, I can understand why it's in this list because I think it it enriches the Star Wars universe. Mm. In fact, yeah. oh, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. In fact, like you know, episodes like these, I think probably are what make this series. They don't feel um, they almost feel like a break from the clone wars which i feel like you know for a series named the clone wars it probably can get a little a little overwhelming just battle after battle fight after fight so it's probably important to have episodes like this to kind of break that up i agree um you could tell that like this is very much a a kid show episode uh it was basically like gotta like you gotta be patient you gotta trust your friends etc etc but i think the way it was framed it was really cool and i thought that like the lessons were pretty well conveyed um another kind of thing that i liked was uh yoda kind of trolling everybody at the end just like say, uh, saying oh yeah the door is just ice anybody anybody could break through if they if they <laughs> wanted to um this is all mental <laughs> and which is very much in character for yoda very yoda um, and, yeah, and it's also neat to see Ahsoka kind of taking like a a, a more mature um, teacher role, where in the where in the other episodes she was still much the brash Padawan of Anakin, but like now it looks like she's like matured and has grown and uh, is like kind of like paying it forward by like teaching the next generation. I do have a minor question for us to end on, and maybe you can give me more insight into this, but what's like the hierarchy here, right? So like Anakin is taken in as Qui-Gon's Padawan, but Qui-Gon has a Padawan and then Obi-Wan becomes a master and, you know, but he takes on Anakin before that. And then everyone's like, Anakin's too old, too young, too this, too that. Let's give him a Padawan. And then the Ahsoka, but she's teaching these younglings and these younglings don't look like they're like assigned to anybody yet. I, I feel like that's something, you know, and uh, maybe it's just we haven't 
been addressed in our 20 episodes. But yeah, Jedi structure to me feels a little loose. <laughs> it does. Um, it, it's very weird. Uh, and then you throw in the whole entire like military hierarchy with like the Jedi or generals. Oh, yeah. And you wonder like where, where that falls in. But like, uh, let me let's let's think about it. So <laughs> it, now, now you've got me thinking about this. So in episode okay. one, um, Obi-Wan is mm-hmm. Qui-Gon's Padawan. Correct. Qui-Gon takes in Anakin. Um, there is a scene when they go to Coruscant. Uh, like the council tells Qui-Gon, you can't take Anakin as a padawan you already have a padawan well and he says says, yeah that obi-wan's ready for the trials or whatever yes and but then qui-gon dies and but then obi-wan promises him that he'll become anakin's master which and theoretically he can't do right because he hasn't yet done the trials yeah so there's that whole period of time where he's like teaching this kid but unqualified or does he go off with these other young jedi and maybe like do this stuff yeah i feel like there's a a piece missing i'm assuming there there's a point where anakin is yeah part of like the group training Mm -hmm. um well and then like obi-wan becomes a master super fast because he's obi-wan kenobi (laughs) right he's he's ready as qui-gon so yeah um, and I guess, or maybe they feel like, like, well, this situation's kind of weird, so let's do things kind of weird. Okay, Obi-Wan, you're this guy's master. You're this kid's master now. Okay. Um, but then, then we jump ahead, right? It mm-hmm. seems like the Jedi are insinuating that you can only take on a Padawan if you're a master. And right. Anakin is only appointed master in Revenge of the Sith, right? And then they're like, or not even, we put you on the council, but we don't give you the title of master. Oh, yeah. Right? That's right. So how does he have a Padawan? Is it maybe that they just needed more military leaders and they were like, well, we're going to you know, skirt this role for... Yeah, I feel like it's kind of... Yeah, acceleration. We need like we need officers in the war. We need leaders. Um, so, and like this, uh, this is the chosen one. So, uh, yeah, let's give him all this responsibility. Surely nothing will go wrong. <laughs> uh, surely this is the right idea. And, like, this won't bite us in the ass down the line. Never. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, it's it's very interesting. I kind of want to see if there ever was an episode or if there's something else. Like, see, like, other Jedi's takes on, like, Anakin. It's like, oh, you get, like, the golden boy here uh, trying to, like, skip all the rules and becoming all this. Yeah, because as far as we know, everyone else, we haven't run into a ton of other Jedi, but, you know, the the ones we have are masters, right? Uh, Like, you know, Obi-Wan doesn't call Anakin Master Anakin, but uh, Obi-Wan does call the other Jedi he meets Master this, Master that, which makes me assume that, you know, it's as the timeline says, Anakin's not a master, and, you know, he doesn't have that title, but everyone we've else we've met with Padawans has. So yeah. Dave Filoni, you know, write us a letter. Give us the answers. <laughs> I know you're listening. I think that's all we have time for today. We have another couple of episodes coming up next week. We're going to do 
Um, and this is interesting because this episode's out of order. We jump back to Season 5, Episode 1, Revival. Uh, 514, Eminence. 515, Shades of Reason. And 516, The Lawless. We actually spend pretty much the rest of our list is in Season 5. So we're going to power through a lot of that in our our next two shows. All right. Okay. Looking forward to it. Me too. I'm, I'm enjoying this. Matt, thanks as always for joining me on this. Thank you, James. And we'll see you all next time. All right. Bye, everybody. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablaoui. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.